This is Judy Matheson, British actress from Hammer Horror and lots of other things. And uh, I think you should listen to the wonderful Without Your Head. Thanks everyone for watching Millennial Killer, and I'm here by with writer and director Sam Mason Bell. Hello. Producer Martin W. Payne. Hi. And real estate agent Simon Barry. With yeah. within the movie, I don't believe you're a real uh, real estate agent. Yeah, there's no way in the hell they say it. So that was really cool. Have you seen the movie before with a with an audience? Um, you know, n- not an English audience. I've Martin seen it with the audiences. Um, yeah, I, I've seen it with a non-English audience because it oh, okay. got into Cardiff Film Festival, so that's in Wales. <laughs> that's, that's as far non-English as I can get. <laughs> So does it play differently uh, depending where you guys are watching it? Well, you know, uh, where, where the audience is from? I don't know. Like you find, like, one thing I'd like to see is that certain humorists in the film definitely translate to most audiences. Like, you're going to get a bit of a laugh with certain points and you're going to get a shock with certain points. For some audiences, sympathize with the estate agent than others. I think anyone who empathizes with the estate agent you know, I, I, I think the entertainment fan makes him relatable, but he's still an evil bad guy for me in people's eyes. Yeah. No, I when, think I'm creepy. <laughs> oh, definitely. I, th- I think that you're amazing in the movie. Yeah. Oh, I'm you. definitely on the estate agent side. <laughs> <laughs> when you take on that role, um, you know, how do you decide to play him? Do you decide to... Because I was thinking the best villain is someone who, in their mind, they're doing, you know, everything. What they're doing is right. Yeah, he believes he's fine. So were you always the uh, the first choice to play the character? No. <laughs> is that a good pointing down? I think I'm above you, sir. Yeah, <laughs> Allow me on that one. Allow me on that one. Yeah, originally uh, mine was to play the estate agent. That was the original plan, and that would be a very different film. It's, yeah, it's weird to see how things turn out, really. Yeah, it, and, and from my perspective, um, there's all the build-up to being a character, and then, it, and it was my my decision that actually for the for, for the best for the film. Um, I shouldn't be that character because there's so much production stuff having to be um, handled um, outside of what you see on screen. Um, and therefore I stepped back 
And I truly, and I have said this to him before, I truly believe Simon is the better character, is the better estate agent, and I could not see anyone else playing that role. Um, for him to step in, great. Yeah. The, the, the one downside of it, which I think Simon would agree with, is um, quite a lot of the costume, in fact, I think he wore his own shoes. Yeah, but the rest of it was mine. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so, so therefore, yeah, the estate agent looks quite Missed. Missed. overwhelmed by his suit. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> so, what was the thought process of, uh, process for you to play uh, the character for Simon to play instead? Um, I'm not going to answer that because Simon is the character. <laughs> He was. He. I enjoy playing disturbed people. There's nothing more fun than playing someone who's really disturbed. Uh-huh. It's. It's just more fun. <laughs> it that came up in the chat. Was he's that? a good like, creepy humor to everything as well. Simon's very good at creepy humor. <laughs> yeah. It's. I think a lot of the, um. Just like a lot of your silent stuff, just the, the looks that you give to the camera, I think, are are great. Really dead on for the character. Thank you. I have creepy eyes, apparently. Yes, yeah. you do. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a compliment right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, there's uh, definitely moment. Sorry, there's definitely moments in the film where Simon is just standing there, looking as though he really doesn't want to be there, and he really wants to kill these people. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> He's perfect. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Some of the people in the chat brought that up that they were kind of on the side of you. They they were like, uh, yeah. the millennials <laughs> in the movie are annoying. So. Which I wasn't really expecting at the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it came from millennials themselves, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's that typical slasher thing, isn't it? You got to have your yeah. final girl be relatable, and the killing father's going to be slightly unrelatable. You know. But yeah, it's it's not. They're just supposed to be different types of millennials, you know. But by the way, they're asking if we can see. We can see the chat. So if you have any comments or anything, yeah, you can post them there, and we'll read them off. We're on a. Uh, you guys are on a little delay, so it might be. So if we don't get your question for two minutes after you ask it, that, that, that's the reason. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't even know until it came out in the chat when Sam mentioned that you shaved your head for the movie. Yeah, <laughs> which was okay for the like the short for the weekend while you're doing it. But I had to keep it for two weeks, mm-hmm. for, like extra bits. Week. That was embarrassing. <laughs> People think you've chosen this hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you, so I assume after those two weeks, you let it grow out. Uh, it, it was cr- cropped right down. <laughs> right, let's start again. <laughs> My fear was that it wouldn't grow back. Yeah, exactly. Um, complain about it to me every day. It's not growing back. It's not growing back. I was like, just give it a bit more time. It'll grow back. <laughs> give, yeah, it takes a little more than eight hours to grow back. <laughs> as was being mentioned in the chat, it's the same as the um, putting on weight or trying to lose weight for a part. You know, you, yeah. It is a big commitment um, for, for Simon to do it. He's absolutely great. And for Simon to run the risk of it not coming back, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You think of a kind of a small thing, but I, th- I really think it adds a lot to the character, the, the hairdo. Yeah. 
Here's stuff. Yeah. Um, Matthew Fisher here. He uh, wants to know where did the uh, idea come from? Uh, well, the on a, like um, on a filmmaking point, it was because mine had a flat and said, "Could you shoot something in a flat?" So then I thought about that sort of story of like the nightmarish idea of trying to find somewhere to live in the estate agent turns out to be a killer. Because it's like to me, there's like two different types of killers. There's the the one who's the planned killer, the one who has the master plan, and this has all got to be very precise. And then there's the outside serial killer. So I really wanted to do like the planned serial killer, and that's why I thought it was a good way if I've got a flat for a couple of days to be able to do a story like that. And also to make sure there's enough empathy towards like the main victim with the overdose character. So, uh, Martin, like, uh, You've worked with uh, Sam before, so um, were you always going to be the? Well, I know you were going to play the the main character, well, the evil guy uh, originally. But how did it, how did you become the producer on the movie? Um, yeah, I mean, I've worked with Sam and Trash Arts um, a number of times, and uh, and not just as an actor, um, mm-hmm. also being heavily involved on the production side. And on this particular one, it was that moment just before shooting um where um yes as, as sam says i had a flat that was available the question was asked in the chat was, was this a real property that was yeah. um actually up for sale no it, it was being rented um it's my flat i'm lucky enough to own it and it was going to be between tenants and that's where the the original idea came from of my flat's going to be empty can we do something and i said to sam right at the outstart be good to do something, something nice and simple, something, something without too many characters. And then he presented me with this um, basically script saying, yeah, we've got 18 characters. Um, we we wouldn't try and shoot it in a small period of time. And, uh, and at that point, the production decision was, yeah, someone's going to have to go and get everybody turning up, make sure they're scheduled right. Um, all the victims have got to turn up, do their scene, be killed, um, be got out, and so on. And um, and also converting the actual flat itself. So the master bedroom, um, with all the um, the plastic sheeting on it, was just created by me on the Friday night before everyone else arrived. Um, and and that was. A good couple of hours, me just trying to stick plastic sheeting to the wall um, with tape, hoping that the tape wouldn't take the paint off because I wanted to let the flat again without having sure, to decorate. Yeah, yeah. And the same with all the blood, you know, trying to the blood. blood on the carpets. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I cleaned it up. I cleaned it up. <laughs> yeah, you cleaned it up, and then you put your hand on the washing machine. <laughs> Come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you already have the tenants like they were ready to move in at a certain date, or were like you still, you know, trying to rent it out like actively? Um, no, I've worked for Sam before, <laughs> and I decided I'm not going to try and schedule tenants leaving film shoots. Tenants right. coming in, no way. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so no it was left empty for a, a while uh, which then gave us the opportunity two weeks later to return as Simon's already said to just say we need a few more pickup shots um, I think we filmed um, um, one of the victims yeah um, 
on that second um, second set of shooting days because um, I think we realised that we hadn't shown one of the rooms, mainly because we put all the kit in it. <laughs> and we couldn't be bothered to move all the kit out just from this room empty. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we went back and did it again. <laughs> uh, Emily Flora here, she wants to know, uh, do the new tenants know about the killings that took place in there? No. <laughs> no, and um, I'm so glad this watch party is more in the US. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, I won't send them to anybody. So, yeah. and uh, I, I know you guys said that you've been asked this before, but uh, Matt says, uh, "Is there a sequel plan called Gen X Killer or Boomer Killer?" Yeah, there's a few people have asked about that, and some people are like it makes so much sense. And the only would go off and kill people, and I'm like, can't she just survive? Because she had to go off and kill more people. So I don't know, like, maybe in the future. I'd rather get someone to do an American remake. That's what I'd rather see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that could be this. The sequel could be, because it could be kind of a meta film where it's about an American remake of your movie. And, uh, they change it <laughs> to Killing Boomers. Yeah. Which is actually one of the problems we've had, because we think, you know, we're, it, this is all UK horror. And um, we, we set out to create a film that is basically set in the UK. So we have an estate agent because that's the UK term. And our distributors, uh, Dark Side Releasing, it almost immediately came back with, well, that's no good, we've got to call him a Rialto because that's the American term or real estate. So everything oh, we've done is just, tends to have real estate agent because uh, the English will understand it and the US will understand it. Yeah, it's, it's I don't. That's probably something a lot you don't you would never think about. You know why you're making the movie, like just like this term that you know <laughs> maybe that doesn't make sense in this other country or wherever. It's very very weird. Uh, a lot of people rap was uh, really well lit. Uh, Matthew Fisher uh, said that he could see a uh, uh, inferno influence. you want to talk uh, yeah, about the really lighting of the movie? Uh, yeah, we had, because uh, we had Jackson Bachelor who um, did lighting on Truthful Out and does, works, does a lot of stuff we also do. And we really wanted to, I don't know, because it's entertainment, so we didn't want to kind of push you to feel like it was a completely gritty throughout, where it was more natural lighting, before we can bring in some more extreme lighting through it, and really try to give you a state of how she's feeling more so than the setup, because the millennial killer setup is it's got that blue light. It's that, it's that moody nastiness. And it just wanted to feel like it was very separate from this very mundane looking regular English flat. I believe, Mark, you did some crewing on the lighting as well, didn't you? Yeah, I've moved a few lights about. <laughs> Everyone has to do everything. Um, on, yeah, on this particular you know, lights around. Yeah, you move lights as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on the on this particular shoe, um, there was a core crew that was quite small because we're in a flat for a weekend, basically. Um, so, a lot of the incoming people just were in, did their scene, went. And um, the, the the sort of mainstays um, were actually there, and and therefore you do have to turn your hand to anything. Um, it also does mean that um, those who are staying overnight, um, the guys slept in the living room, um, the girls slept in the small bedroom, 
and um, um, Sam got landed with the master bedroom. Well, there's a lot of plastic sheeting, Sam. So you, you know, <laughs> the odd limb lying around. Yes, and I still never got my sock back. <laughs> oh. I saw that. And then, what, what is the story with this sock? Um, sorry, breaking the illusion, Simon. Um, the makeup artist said, oh, yeah, I've got a limb. I've got a leg. Um, foot attached on the bottom half of the leg. Um, so he said, oh, great, we can use that. It didn't look really realistic as a bare foot. Mm-hmm. So we stuck a sock on it. <laughs> Problem solved. Made all the difference. <laughs> so you just have one. You just have one spare sock now. Yeah. So I currently have one sock, and the makeup artist has still got the other sock. <laughs> uh, Martin brought up in the chat that um, due to a quick uh, cast reshuffle, uh, that that uh, Sam, uh, you know, became one of the characters. So, uh, yeah. so you weren't you? You had no plans actually be in the movie yet, originally. No, there was no intention to be in the film whatsoever. It was just uh, certain acts couldn't do it. So we had like the Portsmouth crew coming up to uh, where Martin is. And Martin's closer to London rather than we're more down towards south. So it's us taking a bunch of people up. And uh, Rishi Patel was actually, I think he was supposed to play the role that I played. And then we were like, well, I don't want to play the boyfriend of her at the beginning. That's, that's ridiculous. Made more sense for Rishi to do it. And I don't know, like, I always seem to find the feature films recent, well, all feature films will have a major shuffle in the cast pretty much a few days before shooting. It's going to be like, this person no longer be involved. Like, okay, who's been involved with the film the most still? I really would like to play that role. Great, they're in. And they get remembered for the role more so than you can imagine. You know, like, the other scenarios play out. You're like, this scenario's played out. That's worked out nicely. I think, I, I just, yeah, I just thought, because the role was actually supposed to be longer. There were supposed to be more scenes of the character. I just thought, look, I'm playing the same guy. We don't need to have you going on forever. About all these things, we'll just cut the scene down. I'll do the character. It'll work. And, you know, I'm a filler death. I'm just in there to be killed. Everybody knows as soon as they see me on screen, he's going to die. And I'm happy with that. Um, Matt brings up... Um... I can't, I might know the answers. I don't know, but he said, uh, "Who's the UK's biggest serial killer?" Because he said you guys don't have uh, uh, serial killers like we do in America. But I would think the most well known would be uh, you know Jack the Ripper. But I don't know if he's necessarily yeah, the biggest. We actually, um, I know Simon might remember more about this than I do. But there was a serial killer in Portsmouth in the early nineties. Do you remember the the Joe Allen serial killer? There's only a few, though, wasn't it? <laughs> I thought like, there was like at least 12. 12? Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> they recently found more bodies. Right, you tell me. You're, you're the expert in serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, once when I was in psychology, I had a, a cop come in to um, talk to me about this particular portal serial killer and explain how there were lots of bodies still buried. And this particular killer killed sailors who looked like one of my friends in the class because the cop told my friends. And um, yeah, I'm always going to kind of remember. I think there's probably more famous serial killers, but when you got one in your city, you're going to remember that, definitely. Yeah, let's see. Uh, let's go into the chat room here. Um, 
Um, Fisher brings up, he thought there was some Hitchcock in the movie, which uh, that's got to be a good compliment. No, that's nothing. I mean, I, I don't watch enough Hitchcock to, to, take that, to take that on, so I'm just going to appreciate that comment. AJ Cutler, he uh, said, as a millennial, I can confirm this is all sadly true in regards <laughs> to how everyone's acting. Yes. Yes, I saw that comment and, and thought absolutely brilliant that actually what what we've been able to do with the film, particularly what Sam's been able to do with it, is actually hit that mark of, yeah, these are sort of real people um, and we can all identify with all of the victims and that's where I, as you know, one of the older generation, go, yeah, good on you, mate, to the estate agent, because, <laughs> let's face it, wouldn't we all want to? <laughs> the only downside is his actual motivation, but... Uh, yeah, we have to remember, he's motivated by right-wing propaganda ideas of what you far... He's mad. <laughs> I like that okay. answer. It's like where all these no, he's just mad. He's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's his motivation. Which I actually really like that line actually in the movie because the girl's like, "Why are you doing this?" And you're like, "Why do you need a reason?" You know, it's just I, I like that. I was like, "Yeah, why do you need a reason?" Crazy dude, you know. <laughs> Uh, how about filming all that stuff um, when he is going through the explanation and, you know, kind of the flashbacks of, you know, how he be became who he is? Um, well, that was, a, that was the later shoot to the film. Me and um, Jackson, the cinematographer, we were talking about just like extra elements where this idea sort of thrown back for our heads. And I thought, why don't we just write something just to add in some sort of, not understanding as to why he's done it, but more like a warped perspective on what he thinks Millennium was up. Um, so like Jackson was happy to direct it and I was the one doing the cinematography for it. And um, yeah, we worked with Sidley, who was in the Truthful Out and doing good up a few films as well. Uh, Ross Allen Doney, the main fun guy. He's in our uh, comedy show, The Making Of. And yeah, it was, uh, Martin was happy to go with it. He was happy to script. And I just felt like it, it, we needed that extra thing. And then what John did with the sound design really pushed it in, especially with that, that use of the reverb and stuff. It feels like old news reports being called out to you. Right? Yeah, I, I think that whole extra section, um, because it, it sort of was an afterthought, but it was required. Because, and the way it was um, pulled together with the swap round between Sam and Jackson, um, so you did get a different feel from it, and it does take it out of the property. It takes it out of the serial killer's domain and into his head, effectively. Um, and, and that comes across really well, and that, that's particularly why I like that section, because it just goes, this is something totally different. This, this makes you actually rethink what you thought the film was about. Um, and of course, particularly the end line, um, which is um, which is all probably one of my favourite parts of the film, which is just the serial killer saying, "Well, it must be true." I read it in the paper. <laughs> uh -huh. Which that's very topical today. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, fake news. Let's not mention that. <laughs> uh, Simon, were you involved in the movie um, on the on the creative side? Well, we we kind of make it on the wing in certain areas, don't we? So we we, we kind of 
we use improvisation. We don't do it on the wording. Oh, yeah, okay, that was it. Yeah, that's the wording, yeah. <laughs> so you do have to kind of, um, it's Ian McKellen, isn't it? I am pretending. Yes, you do have to do some pretending. Uh-huh. <laughs> How did you get involved with everyone with, with Trash Shorts? Oh, my goodness. Me and Sam's um, first film together was more than a decade ago. 2007, when I shot my first film, yeah. Simon was there. So long ago, 13 years ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. We've, been, we've done quite a few things together now. Yeah, Simon was about 18 at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> I'll get the tenor later. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you mentioned uh, the shirts are awesome, by the way. Who did the uh, the artwork for the the Millennial Killer uh, poster? Mm. Um, Simon Pritchard did came up with the. I need to stand up slightly. Uh, came up with the artwork design. Oh look, Simon can do this as well. Yeah, great. Um, and it was actually an idea that Sam had the. I don't know where the idea came from, whether it was, um, he's disappeared off, um, <laughs> whether that was a... Yeah, I've had enough of this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you sent him to sleep. Um, <laughs> whether that was a contact from Simon. Oh, I know why he's going to disappear off. Um, whether that was a contact from Simon or whether that was Sam making contact with him. Um, but it was something that it was suggested and... We, we, we've done a few features in the past and, well done, so <laughs> done a few features in the past and Millennial Killer is sort of ramping things up. So the T-shirts um, at the um, festival in January this year, um, Horror on Scene, South End in the UK, we had the T-shirts available. We had the um, small um, logo badges um, with the same design on. Um, and it's just part of the fact of Actually, we produced the film and we want to celebrate that with the audience, mm -hmm. um, such as tonight. It's been great actually watching the comments and all the likes and so on. So it, it, it's, it's part of that. And that's, I think, probably something that we'll continue to try to give back in future because, you know, it's just feedback for us. It, it, yeah. It's really good, good things to do. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, Simon came up with this came up with the original painting which Sam was just showing which he's put down again yeah, um, it's pretty awesome. get it going. um and um and then give Sam the problem of well what's he going to do with this picture over to you Sam what do you do with the picture only sits in my pantry and eventually will be hung up on the wall when I, when I buy a frame for now it sits safely not getting damaged yeah <laughs> people like man for people like me, there's something special about like you know a, a hand painted uh, a movie poster because you don't really see it uh, too much anymore. But it's like the stuff like uh, probably a lot of us grew up what, uh, seeing. Yeah, so I'll just put a plug in as well. I put it in the chat at the time it was mentioned. Um, thanks, Sam, for prodding me to put, put the plug in. Um, yeah, with the t-shirts are available on Teespring. Um, so. Uh, you know, anyone can get them at oh, any time. Cool. Any money made from those T-shirts, of course, will be going back into um, future filmmaking uh, because we're, we're not in this game to make a profit. <laughs> it's independent filmmaking. Uh, Emily wants to know, uh, were there any parts of the film that were not necessarily planned but that were included, kept in because they worked? 
<laughs> Can I answer that one? Yeah, feel free. Um, I tend to do a lot on Twitter, um, and therefore we have a um, Millennial Killer Twitter account, and I seem to have personalised that. Maybe it's part of me going, I really wish I'd been the estate agent, <laughs> whatever. Um, and so therefore it tends to have very personal comments. Um, and one of the things that I've picked up from this film is the number of times that Simon refers to the chandelier. <laughs> Every couple or person that goes in is pointed in the direction of this chandelier. It's my flat. I arrive to set up the plastic sheeting, as I've already said, um, and think, why is there a chandelier in the living room? I didn't put that in. One of my previous tenants put it in. That's why it's there. I put it in. But Simon, bless him, just goes every time. Admire the chandelier. <laughs> yeah, that was all made up of the spot, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I noticed in the chat, you said that chandelier you didn't add for the movie. It was there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted you to just say, didn't know I was going to go on about it. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I ever have to sell the flat, I might have to take it down. I'll present it to Simon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You have that in the sock if you find the sock. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned, you know, the the festival run. What what was what was that experience like? And uh, Simon, what was that for you to you know? Uh, I, I assume you got to go to some of the festivals, and uh, what's that to watch? Watch yourself on big, on the big screen with uh, with an audience. Yeah, it's okay. It, it was a nice experience, to be fair, because people were nice to me about it. So if, if they didn't get good reviews, it would be probably pretty. <laughs> it would be totally horrible. different, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guy's terrible why'd you sign him yeah <laughs> I don't want to go that one no, no. <laughs> but uh, what about for, uh, Sam for you you know to go to uh, festivals and watch your film I'm, I'm really happy it's going to quite a few festivals unfortunately I, I, well not fortunately unfortunately I haven't been able to go to all the festivals to, to fully get feedback but mine always records all the ones because he's always there representing, making sure there's someone there to represent. But the crowds I have seen it with, it's it's the kind of laughter when people are laughing along with the film. Like, I just wanted to make it entertaining. I didn't want to make it too grim. Mm -hmm. And before, like, it started showing to different audiences, some of the reviews were coming in saying it was really dark and it was grim and brutal. And I was like, well, I suppose it's some of those things, but I just wanted people to be more entertained. Like, usually, I, the stuff that I've worked on since is a lot. More darker and grimmer, so it's like, oh god, they think this is grim, how grim they're gonna find that stuff. But um, yeah, people just seem to be more entertained by it, which is, yeah. which is really nice. And yeah, they love Simon, and that's why I really wanted people to, to fully embrace him as like a, a UK indie horror icon character. That's why I wanted Simon to try and be able to achieve even on the smallest degree, you know, to be remembered. It's interesting you said that because uh, my friend Bill Whedon, when I mentioned we were showing the movie, he said he was too chicken to watch it based on things he heard about uh, Millennial Killer. Yeah, I wondered about that because I saw that comment and I did actually want to go back and say, what have you heard? <laughs> he's watching the, uh, the Q&A because he's, he's, uh, he's, uh, you know, he's talking about the audience stuff. So he's cool with the yeah. Q&A. He's, he's afraid to watch me. But I think he'd be fine. I don't think it's uh, – I mean – Maybe I'm not the the best judge on what's not that dark or, or gruesome. But, 
There's actually one point um, in the original trailer or the main trailer uh, for the film, um, which is also in the main film, obviously, and it's the point at which Alice um, gets her lip um, cut with scissors. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, no, uh, actually in the trailer, it's the lip. Is it? Yes. It's the, it's the first time you do it, Simon. And it's just the scissors oh, yeah. the, and then the snip. And Sam's got that in the trailer. He sends the trailer to me to say, is this okay? Can you spot anything? Because, you know, I, I, I tend to proofread stuff. And therefore, if you've got any names wrong, etc., we'll try to get it that sorted. Um, and I watched the trailer seven times. Six times I flinched. Every time the scissors went to the lip and the snip, and it was only on the seventh time that I managed to stop flinching. And I know it's obviously fake. <laughs> Sorry, spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> we didn't really cut our lip for the movie. <laughs> we, 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 we do like to reuse actors. <laughs> Uh, Nick says uh, Bill Weed meant in a good way. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't think he I'm was sure. like uh, trash sure. or anything, but yeah, it was interesting. But I do know that Bill doesn't, he's not a, he doesn't like what he calls, um, or not just him, but uh, uh, gore porn. Or, he doesn't like those, uh, like really gore yeah. movies. Yeah. Uh, AJ, well, the, go on, sorry. Sorry, you, you asked about festivals. Um, I, because I, I do the submissions for festivals, I also see the knockbacks and the ones we don't get into. And um, you, you just mentioning Gorpon just triggers a thought in my head that uh, one of the festivals we submitted to um, actually supplied judges' comments back to us without us asking. And one of the judges said, well, I watched the first minute. I decided it was going to be a torture porn film, so couldn't be bothered to watch anymore. I think hopefully those people who have seen it tonight will uh, yeah. possibly disagree with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of disappointing too. Like I watched the first minute of the movie and I judged the whole thing. You know. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't get in the festival. Hey, but never mind. Yeah. Uh, AJ brought up. Uh, he said that was a great homage to M. I think it was uh, the scene where you were uh, sponging up the blood. Hmm. Uh, that's the thing. It's, again, it's not. It's not something called direct. I, I love that film. It's a stunning film. I think it's all those sort of serial killer films that you see in the cinema that you end up picking up little elements of accidentally doing. Because I, I remember on set going like Jack Finkerman. It was, it was just nice that you see that moment within it. Um, you mentioned too that it was a, a really busy uh, day at the Seaside Cafe when you filmed. There's like a couple talking there. Uh, what's that like though? You know, you're making an independent film and you're making, you're doing stuff in public and you don't really have control over, you know, who's actually around. I kind of think like when you film in public, you've got to be like a ghost. You're supposed to be bothering them as least as possible so they pay absolutely no attention to what you're doing. And um, like when we film in a cafe and stuff, it's busy. They're doing their own thing. We just quietly just came to the corner, get further saber away from everyone. I remember being like with the camera leaning, leaning in, the sound person leaning in because it was just so busy everywhere. And sometimes, like you can get away with it where they don't, people don't interfere. But you know, it's like people like to just give that little look into the camera like that, or just want to say some sort of noise or something. So it's just trying to be as much of a ghost as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I we I used to do a. Uh, um, 
a review series dinner in a movie with my friend Annabelle, and we would uh, you know, we would just review movies over dinner, but at, like at a regular restaurant. And you'd get that people just and it didn't really matter then because it's just a review. But you know what? That you know, in an actual movie, someone just uh, walking by and sticking their head in the camera. It's a, it's a lot different. Uh, so, uh, where can you see the movie right now? Besides, if you weren't here, you know, just a few minutes ago. Bye. Like, where, where can you get um, uh, Millennial Killer? Yeah, so I posted right at the end of the, um, or during the credits of the film, um, the Millennial Killer is available um, from Darkside Releasing, uh, based in uh, Vancouver in Canada. Um, and it's available via Blu-ray or on demand in North America only. Um, so that's one place to get it. Um, We've also got um, a previous film from uh, Trash Arts and HP Films, uh, which is Lonely Hearts, which is also available via Darkside. Um, and other than that, we're still seeking where else we can get it out to. Um, but I think certainly, uh, I think earlier today, Sam, you, you, you talked about you know, another potential watch party um, for, for millennial killer um, and, and it is a good way at the moment of trying to get people's reactions yeah. just a, just going back a bit sorry um the um before we actually put it into a festival we there was a cast and crew screening or cast crew and friends screening um down in portsmouth um, which is really useful to get exactly what sam's been talking about of you see people reacting to the film at the point you want them to react and that is really important. Same as tonight. It's it's been really good seeing that reaction at the right points. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last uh, month, uh, we did a Severed Limbs Film Festival. Really, I just thought it would be a one-time thing, just something fun to do while people are stuck inside. And, like, it, the turnout was huge, and it was so much fun. And uh, filmmakers like Sam, was like, he, they were real thankful, you know, that people got to see something that they might not see otherwise. And, so that's why, you know, I started doing these and going to do more because, um, you know, I, that's the main thing I miss is going to the movies and going to festivals. And uh, it's cool to watch a movie by yourself. That's, you know, everyone does that. But uh, the interaction, especially with a horror movie, I think, uh, the interaction with everyone really adds to that atmosphere, to that. And, and I like the community aspect of, you know, a bunch of horror fans, you know, watching something together. So while we can't actually, you know, get together, we can get together virtually. Yeah. So uh, what what are you, do you guys uh, working on anything currently? I guess it's kind of hard to work on something right now. But <laughs> I'm going to disappear for and do a sound for a moment while Sam talks. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, so basically um, at the moment we've been trying to work on different projects and um, we recently launched our first Indiegogo with HV Films for a film called Senseless, which um, we've doing pretty well. Like, uh, like we, I've never done them together, so I don't know what to expect. But the kind of response we've got, as he's wearing a t shirt right now, it's been really Hopefully, cool. Sam was talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, like, if people can still, if they wish to help us to, um, to donate something towards the film, um, I, I think I'll buy a link on there as well. But yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a fantasy horror film, but it's set within the woods, so that helps within these sort of times. And the cast is pretty much, we've got Ryan Carter um, playing the lead, and the other actors, there's like three other characters, which are Mia Jackson and the actress against play. 
Now, the, the lucky thing about that is that me, Brian, and Jack all live with each other. So we've all created the concept together. We've been developing it, and we can spend weekly just getting each little bit right. And we can all travel together so we're not like... You know, we're trying to keep the guidelines as strictly as possible because, unfortunately, this is going to be the future of filmmaking. And we, we want to be able to achieve it by not having to be limited, by having to do lockdown shoots all the time. So going into more of a stranger fantasy world and being like, well, it's minimal characters, but we're just going to put it through some nightmarish, crazy shit. Hopefully, um, we'll turn out into something a bit different to what we used to do, really. But it's still working with those improvised for the point sort of thing. And yeah, that's senseless. That's uh, that's kind of like our bigger focus. There are always little things like floating around, but that's what we're trying to all of the effort into. Yeah, and and again with senseless, um, the I mean, obviously modelling the t-shirt, which is the first time I've worn it because it only turned up today. Um, but uh, the t-shirt is one of the perks on the on the crowdfunder um, that uh, is being run, which is on Indiegogo. Um, and I again posted the link to that at the end of the credits. But I can remember the link address for that one, which is igg. dot me slash at slash senseless hyphen bill. <laughs> It's very long. It's very long. It's very well, very well done. Uh, Chad also know uh, put it on the T-shirt, you know. <laughs> right. It's all down the sleeves. Oh, the, um, the, uh, the other thing I wanted to do, I'll just, I'll just quickly plug Cena Simon from the other side. Me, Simon and Jackson also did a comedy show for about three years called Right Here, Right Now. We tried to shoot a lockdown episode a couple of months ago. It's, it's online on our YouTube channel. It was absolutely hellish to try and shoot to fake phone calls from other sides. Yeah, it was a nightmare. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, that's our comedy show that we have. Yeah. How about yourself, Simon? Do you have something else that you'd like to plug to uh, that they didn't talk about? <laughs> yeah, filming remotely is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> I agree, I agree with that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you recommend it, or should people avoid? No, it? no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I made a couple movies this last year with my friend Michael, and he he's always telling me uh, making movies is a terrible idea. Don't do it. And I'm like, well, why did you get me involved in this? If, if it's such an awful idea, maybe he's not really my friend. I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you told me this months ago. I would have maybe I would have listened to you. <laughs> Uh, I just wanted to bring up because uh, next, next we're going to be doing B Documentary 2. And Sam is actually in B Documentary Part 3 that's coming out uh, whenever people can actually film stuff. So uh, how, how did that come about with Nick Charles? Um, well, with Nick, um, his film Bullied was in like a non-exclusive horror film you did, I think, last year or the year before Halloween Hell Night. So... We just started chatting from there, really, and he fully featured in that, and he wanted to do some more anthologies. We just started chatting about just, like, indie films in general. So I started finding, when, when doing more anthologies, that community is just so close. Yeah. And you just have general chats and just catching into people in, well, mostly America, like, obviously, unfortunately, and just seeing where they're at and stuff. And he said, could you just um, join in with it and get involved with it? And I kind of wish I, I gave him a bit more because... It, it's hard to know how much he's supposed to give for a documentary segment, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm hopeful that he's happy with it. At least. But I, I think it's really cool what he's coming together. And the fact that it's like the third volume of it as well, which you're in the third volume, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I think he thought I was Daniel Jones from Dirty Dancing, and then he, he realized <laughs> that I'm not, but it was too late to, uh, to get rid of me. 
I feel bad because like your Debbie Rashawn's in it, and like she'll look and like, oh yeah, who else is in this? I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Why is he in this movie? But... That's how I feel. So don't worry, it's a mutual feeling. I feel like. <laughs> Why am I with these names? <laughs> exactly. But I appreciate it. Thank you, Nick. And and, and sorry in advance if uh, if uh, people avoid the movie because of my involvement. Honestly. Anyway, uh, I love the I love the movie. Millennial Killer is great. Uh, I like all your stuff because uh, I'll be honest. I just started watching it, um, the the trash art stuff recently, and I, I've liked everything. And I also like that uh, a lot of it is a lot of di- is different styles. It's not like you know, so you know, some of it's a little similar, I guess, but a lot of it's a, a lot of different styles, and I think that's uh, that's cool to see. And you make a lot of stuff, which is also good to see. Because I said this before when I talked to you that I think a lot of people come up with ideas and like, oh, I, I'd like to make a movie. And, then they just, and if you never do it, then it never happens. But you guys, you know, get together, you make it. Um, you might not have huge budgets, but you get it done and it's there and people can watch it. That's all we want to do, man. We just want to, to keep on creating. Hopefully we'll be able to forward other people who want to create stuff as well and not have to do with the financial. This has to be like this. Just get out there and create we have a Latin saying for trash arts. <laughs> it's a spora in velox. It means rough and quick. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's, that's pretty much it. That's, that's our ethos. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I wasn't, I wasn't actually admiring um, Simon's Latin there. Um, I, I'm just looking at my emails and um, I, I can see um, just literally hot off the press. Sam doesn't know this. No, no one knows this. I've just read it. Um, <clears throat> apparently, Hollywood Blood Horror Festival is proud to announce that we are a winner in their festival. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Isn't that nice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what have we won? Uh, I, we, I don't know yet. Simon I mean, wants I a trophy. Email, but, you know, yeah. I don't think it's money, Simon. <laughs> I think we got a lot. <laughs> House in Barbados? Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll go back and ask. <laughs> well, very good. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, hot, hot off the press. <laughs> and Simon, since you're, and not just because you're here, but really you're, you're awesome as, as the killer in the movie. I, well, I wanted well, to say in the chat, but I didn't want to give it away originally, but you, I guess it's kind <laughs> <Yeah>. of evident <laughs> pretty early in the movie. All right, guys. Well, I uh, really appreciate you guys being on. Wish you do this again sometime for another movie. And up next, yeah, me documentary too. But go go check out Trash Arts and see what else you get. You get a lot of cool stuff on YouTube and on on your Facebook page, and people should check it out. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you thank guys, you. and thanks to everyone who's been watching this evening. Or this yeah, evening. and thank you guys for staying up so late. I know it's what like <laughs> two a.m. there now. Oh, yeah, it's cool. It's yeah, Sam, Sam knows exactly. Like, sure. time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why? <laughs> I got my coffee, but it's only nine. Only nine for me. <laughs> All right, guys. I will see you guys soon. Right. Thanks, Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Yeah.